0: Hey there. On the podcast today, I get the pleasure of interviewing Allison Hardy. Allison Hardy is an email funnel strategist who helps coaches and experts enroll more clients into their courses or memberships on autopilot. Allison and I have followed each other for a long time online because we have started our businesses in a similar way and we've been in business for about the same amount of time. Enjoy this conversation as you hear how Allison recommends enrolling more students on autopilot. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the She's Building a Dream podcast. I'm Kristen, and I am thrilled that you are here. I've been an online business owner for over seven years, but before that, I was a teacher with a master's degree for 10. Now I focus on helping online business owners like you learn how to create and design online courses that actually get their students' results, which in turn will showcase you as the expert you are, create a bigger impact, and increase your income. If you love this episode, take a screenshot and post it on Instagram while also tagging me at She's Building a Dream so we can celebrate the work you are doing. Together, we are going to ignite your passion, create more income for your family, and make a bigger impact on the world. Let's transform your life and legacy starting right now. Thanks, Allison, for coming on the podcast today. I am thrilled to have you here. We've been following each other for quite a while, and it's always exciting to talk to somebody who understands the journey and understands where I am at and where I've been and where you've been. And I think it's so exciting. So thank you for being here. Yes. Thank you for having me it's been so fun to kind of watch each other's businesses online on Instagram and just the evolution of how things work. And I just think some of the places we've come from are the same or similar Mm -hmm. and then things have evolved. And it's so fun to kind of see that evolution, how things are growing. So can you kind of give us that short version of the evolution
1: of your business, what things kind of have looked like? along the way. So I started my business because I got laid off from my quote unquote dream job when I was six months pregnant with my oldest. He's now nine. Um, and I was teaching college level art and, um, I was six months pregnant and like, let's call it like this, not like college level art positions are like around or common. So I had to make money. I didn't have the luxury of not making money. Uh, My husband and I's plan was I was going to work up until the day I had Camden and then I didn't have maternity leave. So I was going to go back to work five weeks after that's like how much we could have saved up or we saved up. And so getting laid off with three months left to go on the pregnancy, like wasn't a good situation. So I had this personal training Business that I did in the backyard. I like trained my friends on Saturdays and then we would have mimosas and it was delightful and I loved it. And I was like, you know what? We're going to do this thing. And I had um, a lot of connections in the personal training world. So I partnered with a network marketing company, brought those connections on to my team, and I was able to rank advance really quickly. And, you know, being in network marketing, that's really important. And, um, I created these online courses and it was just kind of like it took off really, really fast. And I was able to replace my income, but as great as that sounds, um, it all came crashing down around me after Camden was born. So I was, uh, you know, a new mom, never done this before. And I was working 18 hour days and I had a really great hearty dose of postpartum depression. And so It just, it didn't no longer worked. And I remember I peeled myself away from my business one afternoon and like had coffee with one of my friends. And she was like, I don't know what's going on, but like, she like pointed at me and did like this finger thing. She was like, this isn't working. She's like, I don't know the last time you washed your hair, your, your yoga pants look like you haven't changed them in multiple days. Like this is not you. And I was like, well, I don't know what else to do. This is the business. And she's like, I feel like this isn't what it has to be. And so she was like, you just need to do something different. She's like, what you're doing isn't working. So like, I don't know what the difference is, but like, you need to figure it out. So uh, that's when I got super invested in automation. It's when I got really invested in email funnels. And um, I couldn't find anyone to really teach me these ideas. I could like have someone do them for me, but I didn't want to do that. So um, I became my own expert and I got like super nerdy about automation and funnels and selling. Um, and building a business that actually works for you instead of one that like makes you wear 10 day old yoga pants and a really greasy mom bun. Like that's not a good look for anybody. Um, and it, over the past eight years, it's it's evolved. We've moved away from personal training. We've gone into this automation world and this email funnel world. But it's because of that experience that um, I am here today.
0: Isn't it interesting how we look back on those stories and that time and we think, Oh, now I understand why I went through that. Now I understand why I evolved from there. I always think it's fascinating when we look back at our stories and find how everything kind of works out in the end for what Mm -hmm. we were meant to do and where we were meant to be. And everybody has different beliefs on um, spiritual beliefs and things. But I just think, gosh, like how amazing is that, that we can look back and think everything has been in line for a reason, all the failures, all the successes, all the evolution, it's just all evolved. I always find that so fascinating. So thank you for sharing. Love
1: that. Yeah. And I mean, let's call it like it is, it sucks when you're in it, (laughs) right? but like, if you're able to, you know, when you're removed a bit from it and you're able to look back on it, it can be a really profound experience. And I have seen that in so many different things in my life, like business, personal life, my husband's job, um, we've all had these, like, there's always been these, like, moments where, like, holy guacamole, this is freaking terrible. I hate this. I uh, Like, my life sucks. Like, oh, you're in it. But then, like, you know, when you're removed from it a little bit, you can see, like, okay, that path was there. I took this road. I made this choice. And I'm really grateful for that. And it's something you can be also really proud of.
0: Mhm for sure. What would you tell yourself if you knew now what your life was like now and what your business was like now? What would you have told yourself 9 years ago?
1: Oh yeah, I would have said your identity is not your job. Because when I got laid off from that teaching, okay, so like I was the first person in my family to ever go to college. I went to college for art of all things. Like I came from a very blue collar Irish family where you like get a job when you're 18 and you work that job until you're 65. And then your life starts. Like, that's my whole background. So the fact that I went to college, the fact that I majored in art, which like isn't normal, uh, the fact that I went to graduate school and I got a terminal degree, the fact that I got the terminal, like the tenure track position, I did all the things. I did exactly what I accomplished or what I set out to do. Um, And I was so freaking proud of that. And I still am really proud of that. Um, But when I got laid off, I had, you know, not only like no money, but I had a really big identity crisis and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do with myself because this was like what I did. And I was super proud of that. So I would definitely tell myself like, your identity is not your job. You're like bigger than your actual job. And like this job, like, you know, it sucks. Like, you know, it's not great. So like when it happens, when the layoff happens, like it's actually going to be the best thing that's ever happened to you. So crazy.
0: And all the failures and all the hardships and all the heartache was for the good,
1: right? Yeah. 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 Like if I wouldn't have gotten laid off, my husband wouldn't have started to pursue his job. He's a pastor. Uh, Before being a pastor, he worked as an engineer at the U.S. State Department. He had a big fancy job. He would travel all over the place. He was gone for like six weeks at a time. Um, his job was like 90% travel. And um, when I got laid off, he was just like, this is a lot. Like this is a lot. And um, I hate my job. So we kind of both went through these like really big transitions at the same time. But like we were able to support each other at that time because we were both experiencing that.
0: Yeah. So interesting. It's so amazing yeah. too. when when you think about When you look back at that time and how far you've come Mm -hmm. and what things were like and now what they're like now, you Mm -hmm. would have no idea that you would be recording a podcast, you know, talking to somebody else, right? It's just always so amazing when we look back at where we've been, where we've come from and where we are now. I, I don't know about you, but I often think to myself, I had no idea this is where I would be.
1: No idea. No idea. And I always, when it comes to like mom life too, number one, I never thought I'd be a mom. Like that was never like a motivator of mine. I never really wanted it. And then I became a mom and I was like, this is amazing. And then, you know, after you have, after what I was anticipating after having kids was they would just be in, in care, like from eight o'clock in the morning until like six o'clock at night. And like, I was like, okay, like I'm okay with that. I knew that going into it because I thought this is what it was. And now, like, right after we're done recording this, I'm going to go pick Nora up from preschool at 1 p.m. And, like, she's been there since nine. And that works for me. And I like that. Um, so also, like, the lifestyle stuff and, like, the act- the life that we have built as a result of, like, this, this hard stuff we've gone through. Um, I also think about that, too. And I know that's something that motivates you, too.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. Yep, for sure. And that's, I think, what makes us so much more real. Because mm-hmm. it hasn't been this six figures overnight. There is no six figures in six days story. I don't know about- No, overnight. never.
1: <laughs> Any... And honestly, I don't know anyone who ever has done that.
0: <laughs> well, and that's just <laughs> it. I always tell people when they say that you haven't seen all their failures. You haven't seen all the things that they tried before. So we can never yep. believe that for sure. I know. But your expertise is really about selling through your email list. That's what you are yeah. an expert in. And the Evergreen model, which for my audience is probably new, but not new, about how do you sell all the time without launching all the time? What does that look like? Or what kind of little tidbits, little pieces of advice could you give to people that are looking at that model that, that are creating a course, but they want to sell it on Evergreen? So they want to sell it all the time. What do you think? Where could they get started?
1: Yeah. So an email funnel is what you need. So an email funnel is essentially a launch, but it's set up on automate. So somebody can come onto your email list through a lead magnet. They get a series of emails that nurtures them, that helps them to overcome objections they may have, that shows them what's possible. There's a couple of different things you do inside the nurture sequence. And then through that nurture sequence, you say, Hey, If you'd like to go deeper, if you want help doing this, I can help you move faster, whatever the thing is, through a course that I have. And you open up a pitch sequence, which is a series of emails that offers up the invitation for someone to join your program. And so that runs in the background. That's something that you can send leads through 24-7 you have a lead generator that's working 24/7 like something like Meta Ads, Facebook and Instagram Ads. So like that's the machine that can run in the background and then when folks are done with that, they can get rolled over onto your like general mailing list and you still continue to nurture them, but it does function differently than an email funnel.
0: The whole idea with evergreen, you know, there's so many things mm-hmm. that we've been taught in the online space You know, there's the deadline funnel and there's using the fancy timers and all the things to redirect people for them to think that it really isn't open all the time. What is your feeling or your thoughts on those? Do you use those tools or what does that look like? Yeah,
1: I use those tools. I use them in a way that isn't, I'm not saying other people are not in integrity. I am just saying integrity is a big deal for me. And so I'm totally upfront. Inside of funnels. So, like, let's say your program is open all the time, right? Someone can go onto your website right now and buy. So, inside of your funnel, you're not going to say the card is closed because it's not. So, if someone's like in that funnel and they go on your website to learn more about you and then they see that the program is open despite this email saying that it's closed, like that makes them feel weird and icky. And that's when sales get slimy, right? We always hear that people don't want to sell because they don't want to be slimy. It's because they've had those sorts of experiences. So inside the funnel, maybe you say, instead of cart's going to close, you say, hey, for the next three days, I'll give you $100 off. And so that offers only available to folks inside of the funnel. And you do that through, you can have that through something like deadline funnels. So deadline funnels, what they do is they sync up timers with sales pages, essentially. This is how I would use it. And so your timer starts when someone gets in the pitch sequence. So let's say the pitch sequence is 48 hours. That sales page that you're promoting through the pitch sequence will actually expire after those 48 hours. So it'll redirect folks, even if they click on that old sale, like on the 48 hour offer one, even if they click on it, it redirects them to that like open cart sales page that lives on your website. So you're making them an exclusive offer because they're inside of that funnel. And so... That's how I would recommend you do it. Don't say things that aren't true. Just offer them up something for them to take advantage of inside of the funnel and only available to them inside the funnel. So that was going to be my question. How do you promote that urgency? So
0: the urgency is really a special offer within the offer itself, right? So if I'm understanding this correctly, you recommend using Deadline Funnel to offer that special offer inside that. A lot of people use Deadline Funnel to open and close the cart. But what you are saying is use it for that special offer. That special offer expires once they're through that sequence, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So like open, close, cart. Well, that's fine if you're doing like a live launch and that's how your business is set up. That's definitely a way you can use deadline funnels. But let's say you wanted to have like $100 off for 48 hours and that was the offer that's in the funnel. You're going to have a sales page that is only accessible for folks inside the funnel that offers up that offer. So whether it's like a coupon code or like just a special cart that they can click on and buy from, um, that's the offer that gets delivered to them inside the funnel. But after those 48 hours, that sales page for that offer expires. And so even if someone clicks on it, they then get redirected because that timer has expired to the full price or whatever the, the like regular offer is that lives on your website.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. Can you give... Yeah. a? quick example of an offer that expires? Like what's, what's a good offer to expire? What's a good offer to have as a bonus that expires?
1: Yeah. I'm always a fan of a discount. I'm motivated by a good sale. I know that most people are motivated by a good sale. So I always like some sort of financial discount. I also think that a lot of times, um, you know, people will tell you to do like bonuses. And while that's great, I kind of think like bonuses should just be included in the program. If something's really awesome, so much so that you're going to like bonus it, like you should probably just put it in the program. So that's my other perspective. I know different people have different perspectives on that, but I always love a good financial discount. So like 25% off, 30% off, 40% off, if that makes sense for you um, for a, a set time. So we have to have some sort of like incentive and then there has to be a deadline on it. Um, otherwise people will just stay in uh indecision, right? They won't make an actual decision. So like you can do a certain percentage off, a certain dollar amount off for 48 hours, 72 hours, however long you want it to be.
0: And then can they get back into that funnel again though?
1: I make it available. Uh, so I have my email marketing software set up so that if they do get back in the funnel, they'll still get it delivered to them. And that's like a decision you have to make. So some folks make it so that they can't and that's fine too. So it's really like, what do you want to do? Right. I love though, how you said the percentage off. So,
0: you know, you and I have talked about in the past where we always try to think that we have to do what everyone else has done. And I've offered money off too. That's always been my highest percent, like the highest conversion rate is when I've offered a discount. And so many people or experts will tell you don't ever offer a discount or money off because you're discounting your service, you're discounting your program. But as you were talking, I kind of had this like aha moment, you know, when we are shopping Black Friday is an example, when we are shopping somewhere and we want something or we want we're waiting to buy something until it's on sale or we're wanting to buy something because it's on sale. It's no different in a brick and mortar setting as it is online, right? No. That makes so much sense. I just, that was kind of an aha moment I had when you were talking. I was thinking it's no different than what it is when somebody is buying something from a store, you know, you might be more apt to buy that. You know, I might go to the store and think, Oh, I don't really need yogurt this week, but it is on sale this week. So I'm also
1: right. (laughs) Yes. I did the same thing last night we do on Wednesday nights. We have a really busy schedule. So I do like a Asian food from the freezer, from the grocery store. And I went on uh Monday to the grocery store and it was like, buy one, get one. You better believe I bought two. Cause I was like, I know we're going to eat this this Wednesday and next Wednesday. I actually think I bought four. Cause I was like, this is a whole month's worth of Wednesday night meals for us. So like, and I think about this too, like buyer, cultures, we're kind of conditioned to buy things when they're on sale. I bought a dress the other day because it was 20% off. And I was like, yeah, we'll buy that today. i had been eyeing it for a while. And then all of a sudden it was 20% off. And I was like, cool, we're going to buy that because it's on sale. If it was like a add another dress, I probably wouldn't have done it, but I bought the dress because it was on sale if it makes sense for you and like your overhead costs are not going to like drastically suffer like and i would and since your folks are mostly course creators like you can discount your course and it probably isn't a huge deal and that's also part of like knowing your numbers right so knowing like this is my overhead cost this is how much my software costs this is how much client acquisition is you know all of that Um, so if you can swing it and it still like gets you paid relatively well, then yeah, I think a discount's always a great choice.
0: Yeah. It makes so much sense. And I, I'm so glad you said that because I've always had that kind of voice in the back of my head that said, don't discount your services, you know, but when you think about it, we make buying decisions. The other thing I thought of too, when you were talking is the fact that you are by giving that offer and putting that timer there you are almost helping them to make a decision faster. 100%. Yes. And I think people need, I know it's something I talk about in my audience a lot, making decisions. Like indecision fatigue is a real thing. I mean, how often do we sit on things because we are just waiting to make a decision on something? And for my audience, that's usually software. It's a lot of software hopping because they're trying to make a decision on which software to use or what to put in their course or how long should their course be or how many videos how many modules all the things so many decisions to make they get stuck in that and i think yeah. the more we can help people make decisions the more we can serve them too it really makes a lot i of
1: sense. agree and i'm an enneagram 9 i get it like i know like decisions are really hard to make i hate making decisions it's by far one of my least favorite things in the world but we are not doing our audience any good by letting them just stay there because Once they finally make a decision, whether it's yes or no, they've made the decision, right? And so if they make the decision, yes, they're going to start to do the work and then they're going to start to see results because they're in your program, right? If they say no, maybe they'll just hang out for a little bit longer with you or maybe they'll go somewhere else. And either way, they've made a decision and that's really what we want.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think there's a big shift in the market space too with Evergreen because the fact that we want people to be able to buy at any time just like you were saying, they'll go to somebody else. If our programs yeah. aren't open all the time or open often, they'll find somebody else who is. And they I will. think that makes a huge difference. And I, I've i been seeing that kind of evolving over the last year, how much that Evergreen model, it used to be Evergreen was all about host a webinar, put a fancy timer on it. When the timer's up, they can't buy. you know. Mm-hmm. And now that model has definitely changed a lot. So I love watching you explore it and see how it works for you. So thank you so much for sharing all that. It's really cool. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, where can people connect with you to learn more about your awesome membership that you have going on right now and all about evergreen and emailing?
1: Yeah. So, I hang out mostly on Instagram. So, my handle is Allison underscore Hardy underscore send me a DM. Say hey. And then I have a program, a, a membership called Funnel of the Month Club. And so what it does is every month you get stackable email funnels delivered to your portal so that you can put them together and make this beautiful email funnel marketing ecosystem. And so if your listeners are like, well, that sounds very interesting. I do have a $7 trial for you guys. So I'll give you the link, Kristen, but you can get in for $7 for the first 30 days. See what it's all about. If you hate it, you can get out. But if you're like 95% of our members, you'll stay in and you'll love it. And you'll continue to build out your beautiful email funnel marketing system that sells your course or membership for you on autopilot.
0: Very cool. Thank you so much, Allison, for being here. I'm excited to put this episode out and connect with you a little bit more. So thank you. Amazing. Thank you for having me.